Regular flights to Cairo are to resume from February. According to online schedules at Trimitiva and Madeva airports, flights between Moscow and the Egyptian capital are to be carried out by Aeroflot and Egypt Air. Both airlines will be flying to Cairo three times a week, starting from the 1st of February. Last week, Moscow lifted its ban on flights to Egypt, but only to its capital. Charter flights to Egypt other cities could possibly resume in the spring. Oil prices have risen over $69 for the first time since November 2014. A barrel of Brent oil added more than 1.5%, that's about a dollar during trading on Wednesday, to a high of $69.22 per barrel. Muscovite will be able to see the International Space Station with the naked eye on Thursday. If there are no clouds above the capital, stargazers could see the ISS in the form of a quickly moving star in the morning sky at around 6 a.m. This station is about 400 kilometers from the Earth. Moscow Mayor Sergei Sabedin has promised that the capital's metro will be working 24-7 on all major holidays. The city's subway worked all through New Year's night, meaning from 12.30 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Moscovites were able to go home from festival activities in all parts of the city by the metro. Intervals between trains were up to 15 minutes. And finally, the euro has dropped 33 kopecks against the Russian currency, with the dollar losing 18. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 56.87 rubles. One euro will cost 67.88. Rated 4 out of 10 on Moscow's roads, according to our interactive map. Driving time to Vunukova Airport from the city center is about an hour and around 40 minutes to get back into central Moscow. You'll spend about 70 minutes on your way to and from Trimitiva. Driving time to the Madereva Airport is about an hour each way. Weather. 4 degrees Celsius in Dublin, 1 in Shanghai, 24 in Dubai. Overcast cares, occasional snow showers, and up to negative 5 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow, or 23 Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shulga in the studio. Bye for now.
Moore. A happy new year to one and all. It's Wednesday night, so it must be Capital Sports coming live from the studios of Moscow's Capital FM. It's a new year, new chances, and lots of sports news to catch up on since we were last with you. I'm Alan Moore. I'm Mika Sidisenbichkova. And tonight we're here without the wonderful DJ Ollie Knight, as she is away in a manger in France. Well, manger, manger is the French for eating. And she recently posted on Facebook she's piling on the pounds while enjoying that ski holiday. Very, un- very unlikely that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, she can't put on weight. So, we're going to plough through the snow here ourselves in the weirdest Moscow weather I've seen in many, many years. You think so? I don't. I mean, it's just, it was not snowing. It was okay. It was quite European winter. But this time last year it was minus 26 in Moscow. Right? Yeah. But and th- snow. Th- that is more usual than now. But I, I prefer the so. winter like this. I Last two days, you know, when it started getting minus, yeah, it's, <laughs> I was like, I, know. I, I was getting freeze. <laughs> it's not good. Well, listen, talk about freezing on the ice. So coming up tonight, uh, Katarina, she's going to give us a rundown on tennis a little bit later on. Before that, we'll have KHL, uh, an update from that. We've got shenanigans from north of the border in Scotland, gridiron from the USA and English football. Now, to help us with this, we have two excellent guests, one of whom is making his debut in this studio, but he's been with us at a number of stadium shows out in the Urgent Arena. The other, well, he's been here with us a couple of times and uh, made some good impressions, so we decided to invite him Don't back. Don't sigh, Al, you're saying this. Back on weather, it's been pretty mixed in England, but they still play outside. That's true, yes. Yeah. So despite some pretty nasty weather and lots of snow, that is kind of more reminiscent of Siberia. Uh, <laughs> though, of course, it's never as bad as Siberia. Uh, there has been football in England. You uh, never in, know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In the, well, yeah, it, it, climate change and all that. So, in the Premier League, it's pretty much as you were when we last spoke. Man City, they're top 15 points ahead of Man, the Manchester rivals United. Chelsea are a point back behind United in third. Liverpool, two points further back in fourth. And hanging on by their fingernails in fifth are Spurs, who are a massive 21 points behind City. Arsenal, they're out of the Champions League spots right now in sixth, and they're being chased hard by Burnley and Leicester. Have City won the title already? Well, I'm sticking with my start of the season prediction, which uh, which I did say that they would stay top all year. Uh, they're still unbeaten in the league, going well in Europe, and last night they came from behind to beat Bristol City in the semi-final of the League Cup, so I just can't see them being caught. On this, the League Cup, Chelsea play Arsenal tonight at 11pm in the other semi. These are only the first legs of the matches. The return games are in two weeks. That's right, yep. And uh, down the bottom of the Premier League, Swansea, they are still rock bottom. West Brom, they're just above them. And in 18th, Stoke City, who are panicking, they've sacked their manager Mark Hughes after they were dumped out of the FA Cup at the weekend. I read that Ireland's manager might take this job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Martin Neal. He's always kind of like you know. He's always been mentioned in relation to any you know vacancies and so on. And he is a manager who can get results on a small budget. Uh, we'll speak with one of our guests later on about that. What the job did in Glasgow Celtic. But you know, Stoke are Stoke, and I'd like to see him get a better job in England. They're not doomed, Stoke or not, but uh, they're almost there. And uh, you know, in in English or British football, as we're going to find out, the big news is always off the pitch. Whether it's managers acting like idiots, uh, mega money transfers, financial problems, or sex scandals, or even doping scandals. Far more gets written about what happens off the field than on it. So what are we going to discuss first? Sex scandals, of course. Okay, well, okay. We don't have any, you know, John Terry's retired, so there's nothing about that at Why the moment. Why did you put it on the list then? Well, you know, it just catch the, inter- the interest of the, the ah, uh, of listeners. Course. Yeah, uh, There's no doping. Well, that's all hush us. But we do have some arguments between managers. Go on. Okay, I will. Go so, on, uh, go on. So, listen, it's probably then a good time to invite our first guest, who is making his debut in the green and white hoop shirts of Shamrock Rovers, his favourite team. Uh, he's a senior US news editor with Russia Today and a former correspondent for Gold.com in Russia. And he is a Glasgow Celtic fan. And, of course, he's with us many, many times out in the Urgent Day Arena on our stadium show. Welcome, Andrew McLean. Delighted to be in the studio. 
I know, and all the way from well. Do you like I, it here? It's a bit cramped. We're <laughs> yeah. cozy. We're cozy. But that's it. It's like keeping fest, warm, festive spirit, you know. So listen, uh, just a quick, quick word. So you are banned now from uh, betting any further on Russian football. Yeah, that's that what I wanted to ask. You want to ask him? Yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I just jumped in. <laughs> Is that true, Andrew? Uh, supposedly so, yeah. although um, I, I I did try to get onto one X bet, but I couldn't get on due to the um, due to the walls at Locomotive Stadium. Oh Look, no! Welcome to the band club. So I've been here of uh, choosing music, the songs. Yeah. So it's she's banned. She's not in. <laughs> but it was all for charity. That's true. Charity, right? so you yeah. made a lot of money for charity, but like the the betting company said, don't allow him to bet anymore. So that's uh, well, it's okay. That, Poor that, children. That's a bit of fun. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, tell us this big uh, manager's argument between Mourinho, uh, well Mourinho and. Conte and then the Wenger statements or Wenger statements from last week. What's happened between Mourinho and Conte? Are they just like it's kind of like just like verbal jostling, or do they really dislike each other? I think this is something the media has picked up on more this year. Um, as you say earlier, off the field rather than on the field, there is something there. Certainly, uh, Wenger and um, and and Chelsea with with them playing tonight Wenger's in the stands again he remembers last season they lost 3-1 when he was up there and he was sat next to his gardener uh, who happened to be a Chelsea fan who he didn't recognize oh no complained lots about having to miss most of the first half to travel around to the other side of the ground yeah this this is normal i think this is the point of the season where mind games where lots of things happening on the pitch the mind games uh, are going into overdrive I mean, because you know, Wenger, he he is serving a three-match ban right now, and I mean, he missed the the weekends, yeah. uh, which tonight, well, yeah, tonight will be game two of his ban. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad this weekend. They were really outplayed. Yeah, I think he made a big mistake with the side that he put out. Um, certainly, if you've been watching Arsenal fan TV, um, they were absolutely furious, travelling to go to Nottingham Forest, and then yeah, they capitulated on the pitch. I mean, I mean that's them, okay. And there was two very dodgy penalties, which I mean we will discuss a bit later on. They were ones that I was I was asking questions, one of them especially the second one. But even that being said, um, you know, is it time for Wenger to step down? I mean, he's leaving the club in a great shape. I mean, new stadium, lots of money in the bank, relatively decent side as well, and some good players coming through. But should he go? As I understand, he actually signed that new the new deal six months before they actually announced it. Um, so. Clearly, it, 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 it's not in his mind at the moment to step away. If he did at the end of this season, I think he could actually leave Arsenal in a bad place. Really? Um, if Sanchez goes, Ozil follows suit, um, they'll be looking at someone not only lifting the confidence, but having to, to do a mass, mass turnover of players and bring new people in that are going to hit the ground running. There is that kind of like rumour at the moment going around that uh, Alexis Sanchez, the Chilean international, he's going to go to Liverpool. Because uh, they have money to spend, we'll discuss that in a moment. But like, um, you know, would he be a, such a huge loss to Arsenal? I think he's he, his form's improved just in time for this January window. Um, no, no, no hints there. Of course, um, I think he would be a big loss. He, he's a he's an international player with a huge pedigree, and he can turn on the style and change games. And they don't really have that elsewhere. Lacazette's still fitting in. Yeah, it, it'd be a huge loss, I think, especially for no money. So, I mean, okay, well, get back into the row between those two, um, with uh, Mourinho and Conte. I mean, um, Conte started, he said, he accused Mourinho of having Alzheimer's, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and then Mourinho answered with? Um, his response was, I have no idea. 
Oh, no, exactly. Nice one. Yeah, and then he 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 loved like it back on Conte that like well you know you like a spot of match fixing as well so you like your result. Well, yeah, um, at Juventus, I think that's always um, it, it, it's always in the media that aren't following the, the the old lady. They always suggest that they've bought the referee. Well, I mean, there's lots more going on there. We'll speak about that a bit later on. But um, I mean, what what do you reckon? So, you know. Pep Guardiola, he's doing a great job. Man City at the top of the table, they're they're running away with the league. Uh, Mourinho, if he doesn't win the league this year, or if he doesn't do well, like you know, in in uh, like they're out of the FA Cup, so if you don't or out of the League Cup, sorry, and FA Cup, I think they're yeah yeah uh, no no they're uh, who did they beat? I they think beat. I, th- I think they're three to the fourth round. Sorry, that's right, they're three to the fourth round. But if they um you know if they don't win the league, is he gone or will he go? I'd be surprised. Um, Man City have had a freak season, I think, this year. And I think the rails will come off it, but not to the extent that they'll lose. Um, Man U finishing second and doing well in Europe, I think, would be enough for him to keep his job this year. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So, listen... Again, you'll be for me. <laughs> I know, sorry, just like nipping in the head. So, listen, okay, moving up north of the border, Rangers. What on earth has happened there? I know, I know you have, like, a dog in this fight. But, I mean, what's going on with them? Because are they going to be relegated? What's happening? It does have a very suspicious feeling like it. The same as what it felt five years ago uh, when they when they declared administration, went into administration in January. And, um, yeah, the, the it really did fall apart after that. Um, Odds Checker came out this week um, to say that bookmakers in the UK had stopped taking bets on them getting relegated after a surge. That may have been a token from other fans <laughs> reliving the, 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 the past scenario. Uh, but I, I generally think they are in trouble at the moment. There's something not right. There was a deal that fell through for Jamie Murphy from Brighton. He was said to be guaranteed to be on the plane to go to America for this uh, winter break tour. Um, and that, that never materialized. Then the loan deal fell through. Um, Carlos Penner, his uh, return to to Mexico he was on big money Bruno Alves he's also on big money he's out for the rest of the season they're looking to to get rid of some of the players that were bought under Pedro Cascina whether they can is now is, is now a, a, a big problem um, there's been blogging reports suggesting that they've already contacted administrative practitioners which is a very bad sign um but that again is that's still like rumours and gossip like that kind of flows around the ethernet so I mean yeah un- un- unfortunately for Rangers fans they, they were all true last time um, okay. so fingers crossed for, 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 for their club that it, it's not true this time well I mean it'd be tough I mean because I mean Celtic do need Rangers to push them on you know to, 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 to lift the quality because you know how many matches did Celtic not Six, lose before 69 they, yeah 69 and then they, they really blew it well I remember back in the 1950s um, when you were so, a lad? When, when, when I was a wee boy. Um, How do you remember all these things? He, he's a genius. It was a, big, it, was, it was a big story at the time. Um, <laughs> a little bit off topic, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so Celtic were almost kicked out of what was the Scottish Football League then for flying an Irish flag above the stadium. And it was Rangers' vote that actually kept them in because they realised that the competition was not only financially beneficial, but... For, for, for keeping interest in the sport um, and I think Rangers falling away again would would have a serious serious impact a second time on Scottish football yeah I mean that's the whole thing is the overall health of football in Scotland you know it's 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 you know it's always on the verge especially with the national team on the verge of doing well but then just falling short so with you know with, with Rangers out of the equation it's just it's a 
It's not even a one-horse league, it's just not a league anymore. Yeah, the, um, it, it, it was good maybe for a season or two to get Aberdeen and, um, unfortunately, Hearts and Hibs fell away at the same time. Um, but there was an added interest in the league below in the Scottish Championship that year, and when they all came back, it felt like something had rich, you know, it, it'd come back from the embers again. But yeah, um, Rangers need to need to kick on. But their financial situation seems to be hampering that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, just now, just uh, we were talking about Martin Neal just a little while ago, and um, you know, of course, ex-Celtic manager, and of course, with Leicester City as well, Wickham Wanderers, and so on and so forth. And, um, this rumour about him going to Stoke, how much can we put in that? He, he, he's been offered to do like, or there's the offer to do the job. He's a dual, so he'll work for Ireland and for Stoke. I think it could have legs. Stoke have said that they want somebody in charge for Monday night's game against Manchester United. Um, Gary Rowett, who's the, the Derby manager, has just signed a new deal until 2021, and obviously they're looking very good for promotion uh, back to the Premier League this year. So. Slaven Bilic is, is, is the bookmaker's favourite, but there's been no contact. Um, today, RTE and The Telegraph were saying that Martin O'Neill has been contacted. Bilic would be a disaster for Stoke. Sorry, I mean... It'd be interesting. I, I've I, worked with him, I've worked with him. And so, you know, when he went to West Ham, I was like, oh. When he was here in Locomotive, I was like, oh, no. So, they, they call him a commerçant or a businessman, so a salesman. You know? So, Stoke City are listening. Probably, yeah. Stoke City is just... Take a bit of a swerve. Let him go back to Croatian Rebuild the Sorry, okay. You can't read you. Yeah, that. just a question about the Coutinho transfer. What's your opinion? Another big news all around. So, Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher said that he couldn't see it happening. Liverpool wouldn't do it. I actually think Liverpool have done superbly with this deal. Um, in the summer, he sounded like he was going to throw his boots away and say, I'm not playing anymore. Six months on, I think they've added to that value. He's now a better player. They've got more money. They've also had six months' time to analyse who they're going to bring in. And they've given themselves a whole month in January now to, to, to see who, who they can get. Um, the downside, I think, for Liverpool in this, doing the deal now, obviously it's the second biggest transfer in history. I mean, there's... 142 million pounds. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, the downside is a lot of the big targets they'll be looking at um, there's been rumours of Sanchez and Thomas Lamar from Monaco. These players will be looking at the World Cup in the summer and saying to themselves, do I want to take a gamble of going to a big club where I might not fit in and therefore might not get picked in the squad? prices are going to be pushed up as well, so it's and, going to be yeah, funny money. Yeah, so the selling clubs like Monaco will have been looking at that and saying, OK, Thomas Lamar might be worth £40 million more come August. Well, listen, we're going to come back onto that. Uh, so we're going to go to a break. As we go to a break, we have a, a song, our first song of the new year. So this one comes all the way from Sweden. This uh, group, they took the name from one of the great boxing venues in the world, Caesars Palace. But they shortened it to just Caesars, as it was a little bit catcher. Their biggest hit featured on FIFA Football 2004, also on LMA Manager, where I first heard it. It was in movies like Juice Bigelow, The Benchwarmers, and TV shows like Dawson's Creek. I heard it this last Saturday at the Spartak Akbar's Kazan KHL game. It's a staple for sports teams to stick on at some point to bring back memories of playing PS2. So this is the Caesars with Jerk It Out. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Welcome back to Capital Sports with Ekaterin Bichkova and Alan Moore, who is next to me, and he's going to tell us some good news about KHL. Yeah, well, I mean, it was Some interesting ones. Some interesting news, exactly. It wasn't that great, no, on, on Saturday, because Spark, like, they didn't quite manage to uh, win. They lost to, well, in terrible circumstances against Akbars from Kazan. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, that song we heard... Um, before we went out for the break it was a kind of a nice little lead for our next guest who was also with me at the VTB Ice Palace uh, so we're bringing a lot of people who've been at us with sports events into the studios talking with them so, uh, so this man is a senior presenter with Russia Today uh, having started with the channel as a sports presenter he's been here with us before and of course previously he's worked with ITV and my ears. he is Andrew Farmer Andrew welcome hello good to see you all again uh, uh, welcome back Thank you. <laughs> so always, always happy to have you back on board. So exactly. Listen, we were discussing just before the break, um, before we go to ice hockey. So we were discussing before the break about the sort of the the um, strange nature, the strange relationship between Rangers and Celtic mm-hmm. in Glasgow. I mean, you're a Wolves fan, yeah. So your team are doing pretty well. Good owners, lots of money, mm-hmm. good players coming in, so on and so forth. And West Brom, your hated rivals, are struggling in the Premier League. Well, you know, tell us, how do you feel? Are you, are you happier that Wolves are doing well or that West Brom are doing bad? Well, for me personally, I'm always happy to see Wolves do well, but I know some of my friends would be happier to see West Brom <laughs> <laughs> do badly and perhaps get relegated. Um, but, it, I mean, it's the rivalry that's been there for, you know, for over 100 years. I mean, two of the founding members of, the, um, of English football um, and the FA, they've been competing against one another, you know, since the 18, 1880s or something like that. So, and they're only nine miles apart, so there's always great rivalry there. Um, and when I started following Wolves, I wasn't born in Wolverhampton, but I ended up living there in my childhood for 20 years or so. And it was at the time that Wolves got relegated in consecutive seasons, and then they bought Steve Ball from West Brom, after West Brom said that he was rubbish. And then in his first season for us, he scored 50 goals. Second season, another 50. And then we were like playing against West Brom in local derbies and he always scored against them. So, I mean, in terms of recent rivalry too, it's been spiced up by that and they still chant about it. So, I mean, I mean, this is Steve Ball, of course, who went on to play for England while he was still in the second division then. Yeah, that's I mean, right. That was, it was scored like... on his debut against Andy. 
Bulgaria. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like it rhymes with Bulgaria, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he also. Yes, again. I remember that. That was before the 88 uh, European yeah. Championships, and that was like a great English, English mm. team that he came into. Was it, it was 88, wasn't it? Or was it I, 90? You know, I can't remember the exact date. It, it could have been 90 because then they played Aylesbury United in a friendly match, England. Bet them ate nothing. And the English press went, oh, we're going to win, we're going to win the World Cup or whatever. I was thinking, you've just beaten a non-league team, eight nothing, like, you know, a bunch, uh, bunch of, like, bakers and candlestick makers. Basically beating Scotland all over. But I, you're like, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Wolves are doing well this season. So, all, like, rivalries aside, you're doing very, very well this season. You know, where is this all coming from? Just tell us a bit what's yeah, behind well, the, the club. Yeah, the club were bought by Chinese owners, very wealthy, the Fasoon Group. Uh, and then the owner of that was friends with Jorge Mendes, the super agent um, in world football. And with his contacts, he was able to bring in a lot of uh, Portuguese players too. Uh, and the manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, he's Portuguese, and so he brings in a lot of contacts and a lot of good players. And it's meant that, you know, up front, we're looking a formidable force. We've got Leo bon- uh, Bonatini. He's um, on loan at the moment. He's Brazilian, actually. He's got 12 goals. We've got a few other uh, Portuguese players playing for us very well, uh, too. So they've clicked, and it, it's um, surprised a lot of people they've clicked as well as they have. But uh, I think something like 12 points clear now at the top still 20 games left so I don't want to say too much but well, I mean at least it should be in the playoffs well I, I mean you know I'd be disappointed if they didn't win the league just by the nature of the way they're playing I haven't seen much at Wolves but the, the bits and pieces I can read it's always the opposition that have said you know this is a, they're playing great football they're well drilled uh, they're fit and um, you know we'd be surprised if they didn't go on to play in the Premier League so all the voices around Wolves and certainly the people that play against them seem to think you know they've They've, they've finally clicked, so fingers crossed. What, was it last time you went up? Uh, Mick McCarthy was a manager, was that right? Yeah, that's right, he took us up, yeah. And then, um, sadly, we came back down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it just it was... It, but, I mean, then again, that was, like, a whole money issue as well, and strengthening the squad. So, I mean, do Wolves have the money behind them to, you well, know, go yeah, up and stay up? These Chi- the Chinese owners are, um, you know, have got wads of money. And um, <laughs> like many owners do, foreign owners come in and they have huge amounts of money. And it's a vehicle for them to spend their money and, and get some kudos while doing it, I think. Um, but it's certainly working at Wolves. Well, I mean, that's what got, just about uh, money. So you can't really push across the table. And she just has written transfer money madness. So, I mean, this is something that uh, you has picked up on. And we were discussing it in relation to tennis actually a while ago. But um, in, in terms of like transfers, I mean, the, the price is going up. So we'd like Virgil, you know, Van Dyke mm. going for 75, 75 million, wasn't it? Yeah, 75. Coutinho um, uh, for 142 million pounds. I mean, this is like insane money for players who, you know, are not world beaters, let's mm. be honest. Well, so let's be honest, what's, it doesn't what's make... pushing this? <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> but w- when you try and research, it's actually very difficult. The only answer I hear, and it's a very limited conversation too on radio, is that, oh, so many people want to get involved in football and that's why the prices are going up and so many wealthy people want to get involved and that's why the prices are going up. But for me, I- I'd like an answer to why do people feel the need to spend this amount of money on football? I mean, what's their incentive? What's Sky's incentive to spend billions on um, on the rights for the Premier League when, in fact, they're only bidding with one other company, with BT, BT Sport, Sport yeah. and they both bid up against one another? And that, to me, that's like a man and wife going to buy a house and then start bidding against one another and then end up living in that house together. It doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe there are, there are valid reasons, but when you, as a fan, try and investigate or just look at it, there's very little written about it. 
I mean, why would Barca want to spend 140 million on a player? Well, I mean, for me, it's like for, for a lot of people, it's 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 hard to it's, understand. Yeah, it's difficult to understand. And and I've been no, a player, you know, and I just don't understand no, why someone. Could I'm not cost, saying like yeah, the price like this. Sorry for interrupting, but I just like really don't understand this. No, it doesn't make sense whatsoever. It doesn't make sense, and there's no ec economic explanation. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm not saying, you know, I'm widely suspicious about what's going on, but there's no transparency on why they want to spend this amount, where this money has come from, um, who actually owns Coutinho, where does that money go from? I was hearing Ross Barkley today was signed, wasn't he? Went down to Chelsea. Was it 15 million? 15. 7 million was then paid in addition to his agent. Well, why is that happening? I don't understand. Well, I mean, usually it's, I, I, it is a kind of, well, that stupid common practice now with, uh, well, they're not player agents now, they're player representatives as, as, as far as I know. They've been mm. changed, the name's been changed, but they're still the same thing. And they will always make money on transfers. So it's it's boom time for agents now in this, like, transfer window. Yeah. So before and after, I mean, we have the same in Russia now where they're speaking with, like, say, Fyodor Smolov mm. from Krasnodar and West Ham want them, Real Madrid want them. Nobody wants them. But... They need to keep the narrative going. Yeah, so that do you remember the days when buying football clubs was 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 for a fool? When it but when it lost you money, and then suddenly it's the it's the big thing, and you have to do it. And I'm just wondering why the change, what's the transition? Well, what I'm was, sure there is an answer, and what, somebody can fill me what in. What was that joke uh, that how do you become a millionaire out of owning a football club? Start off as a billionaire. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> exactly. that's you know, you, 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 but it doesn't it, happen now. But no. you, you shouldn't. I mean, if you want to sort of broaden the conversation, when you look at world politics etc and capital controls if you own a football club it's a very good way of transferring money around so if you if you own lots of you know japanese or or chinese yuan and you want to get out of the yuan if you buy international players that gives you a liquid asset that you can put into any currency in the world if you have to so it's a very good way of Move money. Well, moving I mean, money around it's, it's, too it's been the common so thing so it makes it makes economic sense I can but, see but at still, a high how level how does but. the price like actually creates <laughs> how is it it's, it's yeah. it, it doesn't uh, make uh, sense uh, yes. just from like where it's like basically from, from it's, nowhere it's like lo looking what's the what's what's beautiful so it's, oh. in, the, it's well, in the it's in the eye of the the beer holder just the or number the, yeah or but who's you paying. see a beautiful <laughs> number 15 million dollars yeah. okay yeah true I mean, facts not everybody can be a winner <laughs> no and, and and the loser it seems to be is that eventually people get priced out of going to watch football so well I mean, it's happening in most places yeah. i mean okay. the, the, the 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 average age of a fan now in the premier league in england has i think it's gone up by 10 years in the last 20 years which is a lot you know before it was like you know kind of like you know uh, I think it was mid to late 20s was the average age now it's up in the middle late 30s and so it's because people can't afford to go mm. I can't afford to bring kids so obviously well you know you have to fork out 100 quid to go and watch Premier League football every yeah. week. well so. listen talk about Premier League and shelling out there was one man who's uh, now sort of after a hip operation Andy Murray mm -hmm. so is this the end of his career? Oh, I don't think so. Is he, is he Scottish again, or is he still well, British? Well, Cashew will help us here, but I mean, <laughs> at the t no, at the top of the it game, no. The question: <laughs> big, big players have had layoffs before, haven't they? Djokovic is just coming back, and you know, people fancy him for the Australian Open. Nadal has been out for months before, so has Roger Federer, and they've always come back. And Serena, is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's that, that that's how it works and actually Andy looks like he was really looking forward to play this mm. Australian Open and he did actually the surgery in Melbourne so he was preparing there mm. but he couldn't but Katrina yeah, that's like I mean um, I mean now I know we were discussing before or earlier before you came in here about the amount of players who won't be at the Australian Open these people who are making comebacks and now they're not here so what's the story with that 
Yeah, lots of stories, by the way, because everyone expects a lot of people to come back, like Stan Wawrinka, Novak Djokovic, Serena Williams, Victoria Zarenko, and all of them have different uh, problems and uh, different things why they are not coming back, like Serena. For example, she's like um, not covered since she gave up birth to her yeah. kid. Yeah, and Victoria Zarenka got some, still got some troubles mm. with her ex-boyfriend. It's like pretty pathetic. And... Um, Andy Murray, hip injury. Well, yeah. at least Novak Djokovic is on the list, but he might not play. Other, yeah, it's also 50-50. And Stan Wawrinka is also we 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 cannot understand at the moment he's on the list, but not sure that he's coming back. Kyrgios is playing well at the moment. Yeah, Kyrgios is. He's very calm on court as well. I don't know, he did well, yeah, probably he worked with a psychologist, I hope so. Take your medication maybe. (laughs) We'll find out from Fancy Bears today. Yeah, but he was even, uh, he got some disqualification or something like that at the end of the season because he was completely out of uh, reality. But, but he won the tournament and uh, it's great season start and we'll see what he's going to do um, Australia Open. And what's happening down there at the moment? What, like, I mean, you were, you were commentating on, on the Australian Open qualifiers this week, yeah? Uh, yeah, just started today. It's men's qualifying and we just commented a few matches. Uh, nothing really special happened except um, Bernard Tomic, Australian tennis player who is also quite famous with his uh, character. And yeah. like, yeah. Smashing rackets and screaming. <laughs> exactly. Like, top 20 player but now back to qualification he like the organizers he refused to give him wild cards wow. to main draw he actually was uh, frustrated about this he said he's not going to play blah 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 and then today he's back in quali and uh, How do you pretty play? solid pretty calm and look like he's very confident and actually he has good draw to make this breakthrough and we'll see listen that's a question I just want to ask you now just um, about, about that like when you've played main draw and then you have to go back and play quality say the next year or some many tournaments later what, what's it like is there kind of a bit of like a shame or is it a bit of kind of like uh, a, it's a mix, mix of mix. all feelings yeah it's just like of course you're frustrated with yourself with the, the results and and this um very um, like like you really want to to go back you really want to break through you really want to uh, get through this qualification again but actually all the players is uh, still 128 draw and all of them are practicing you know and all the same level almost so it's just sometimes about luck and uh, yeah it's it's tough I can imagine because it, it is a kind of shock to the system. I mean, just when you've been, you know, you've been a main draw player, always getting automatic, and then you have to play a week early. I mean, is, is it is it tough to motivate yourself? Uh, yeah, it's tough, and uh, especially when, for example, um, I don't remember which year exactly, 2006, I think we uh, we supposed to play with the Dinara Safina first round. She was not like that high, mm-hmm. when she was when she was number one in top ten. So just uh, the beginning of uh, our careers, different ones, but still. And um, this was like very, uh, it was a hit uh, rule or something like this when it's more than 35 degrees. Oh, so yes, yeah. they moved us for the uh, next day 
we didn't play on Tuesday, they, they, they changed us for Wednesday, and when you play qualification, they don't care, so you just go and play, it doesn't mm. matter what and weather so, is, and they just really, they don't care. Psychologically as well, is it a lot tougher? I mean, you have to have, do you have to have a different approach when you're playing somebody that you know you should be a lot, lot better than? But of course, if you play the first couple of games and it's close, I mean, that's when doubts start coming into your mind, is it? Yeah, exactly, it's, it's also this fact, and well everything and um, yeah when you've been on both sides I couldn't say what is tougher because uh, everybody has the same problems but on different le levels so that's what I've heard from all the players doesn't matter who uh, who were there you know number like one or number 201 it's absolutely the same but different level well listen we're going to have to go to a break right now so uh, we have a song as well to go away with so their second song of the evening it turns 25 years old this summer uh, but still gets happening at sports events across North America and here in Russia it reached the top 5 in Ireland UK and it was uh, number 20 uh, top 20 hit in the US Billboard charts and it can only be called a Dirty Rap so forget the lyrics just enjoy the music that's what we and uh, Andy Farmer did last weekend at the Spartak Hockey Game this is K7 and come baby come Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
It's our last segment of the evening here on Capital Sports. I'm still Alan Moore and beside me is the yeah. wonderful... Exactly. And Andrew Farmer, Andrew McLean are still here. The two Andys, Handy Andys, they're still here with us in the studio. And uh, so that was a segue, uh, that song, back into KHL Hockey. Yekaterina, you've got the table open in front of you. Tell us what's uh, happening. Oh yeah, I do. In the West, it's still Ska, St. Pete on top, but CSK Moscow have narrowed their lead down to only eight points. Spartak are way, way, way behind CSK in the seventh place, but still in the playoffs. Dynamo have split it out the top eight and are at the ninth. Vitas are certainly out of the playoffs in 11th. So, you and Andrew yep. were at the match last week. How was it? Well, uh, yeah, Except the music, Andrew, yeah, I mean, you just you listen all, all Exactly. All I always songs, take notes of the yeah. music. I'm sorry, presentation is good for me. So, uh, Andrew, listen, that was your, your second time at an ice hockey game in your life. So, listen, how did you find it? I enjoyed it. I have to be honest, I'm not a big ice hockey fan. Oh, I do watch with interest, but I don't, yeah, I'm not fanatical about it. But I really enjoyed the event going. VTB Arena, great location, great um, spectacle. And the thing that impressed me most, if you told me, oh, right, you're going to be sat here for three hours, I'd be thinking, oh, God, three hours? <laughs> you should have told me this beforehand, Al. But it was actually really good. And, I mean, there were, what, 20, 20 minute thirds that are played yeah, yeah. and each one probably takes 40 minutes by the time they stop start and, and, all, and clean the ice etc etc but there's a lot of razzmatazz mm-hmm. um, which keeps your attention and the diversity in the crowd I really liked I mean I was a lot just of families in, a lot of families and just to give an example the kiss cam that comes on during the break right I was sat next to Alan don't you dare put this camera on me <laughs> well, he was worried he said Alan what happens yeah. if that camera comes on us and we have to kiss I'm not you don't have to kiss we just fight so uh, a Glasgow kiss but can you imagine you know, that wouldn't happen at football you couldn't do it at football no, I mean no. people would be turning off so just <laughs> so you couldn't do it or maybe not so or maybe not I don't know but it, but the point was a lot of families there you know, a lot of people there with their partners and you know it, and it was really good and or I enjoyed people it people who weren't their partners but were there with them so, so obviously you I'll enjoyed you, it I enjoyed it I'd recommend it and uh, even getting a cup of tea at the break was easy I mean, the ratio of canteens to spectators is much better than it is at football. I have to say that. The queues are astronomically big. Yeah, yeah. Old man Andy, yeah. his cup of tea. Yeah. He wants his bottle over there. I do when I used That's to what watch I also football. wanted to mention. <laughs> so, oh my healthy God. life. Healthy life, yes. I have had Bovril before as well. Brunton so, Park, yeah, in fact, come, a lot at Carlisle. Come kids, drink tea and watch ice Carlo hockey. Bob's listening, he'll know what he's I mean, talking here about. We are, we, On the TV like, screens outside. We're probably ice hockey and he's talking about like, queuing up for Bovril and uh, an ice hockey match. So listen, uh, listen <laughs> we're going to American North American promoter sports. of ice hockey matches like, <laughs> exactly. on, on air. <laughs> So we're staying in North American sports for just a moment. We'll come back here to Andy in a second while he's kind of like gone for a cup of tea. So, so can I, you can't really speak about American football? Yes, you can. Okay. So Alabama, they were crowned the NCAA champions yet again with a come from behind win against Georgia. Uh, now, I did mention last time we were on to watch out for this one as last year's playoff final was just phenomenally good. It was a real game for the ages. This was too, but mm, a little bit more... Mm, less interesting I should say Alabama coach Nick Saban he inspired his young uh, team to a really really superb win 
the comeback win uh, of everything. Uh, they won 26-23. Through in fairness, though in fairness, you know, that Georgia, did, they did choke a little bit. The game-winning touchdown was thrown by a first-year, or freshman, quarterback from Hawaii, who was sacked really, really badly just one play before. So it was a great end to a very, very good game. Uh, Georgia did think they, they had tied it up in overtime when they went 23 20 ahead but you know that's football that's sport in the NFL it's playoff time and this and last year's chokers in the Super Bowl the Atlanta Falcons they came through a battle with the LA Rams who was mm, pretty straightforward from the end Jacksonville New Orleans and Tennessee all won their wildcard matchups as well so this this weekend sees the divisional roundup uh, with some really 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 good matches Atlanta they're travelling to Philadelphia Tennessee go to New England to play the Patriots Jacksonville they are in Pittsburgh to play the Steelers but the pick of the week has to be Atlanta playing the Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis Minnesota Vikings are the ones who destroyed Alexander Zotov's hopes for the Washington Redskins and Atlanta you know, they came through like you know I say the back door through the wild card so this is uh, it's going to be a, a, a good one this year so but one kind of worrying thing that happened and so we, we're, we've discussed before doping and so on but one thing that really really badly happened in the, in the playoffs was the Carolina Panthers quarterback uh, Cam Newton was pretty badly knocked out and then kind of was, went off and came back on and went off again now, Andy and I saw at the ice hockey a guy himself went off the ice Maybe he was dumped mm. into the boards and he just left his stick and skated off because he was feeling dizzy and they just took him out of the match um, I just hope to Andy McLean I mean Andy I mean you played rugby as well so I mean how big an issue is concussion in, in sport in general is it growing will we hear more of it or will it be like in the NFL be buried I, I think it has to be um, it, it's become such a serious and, and something that's been highlighted a few times now in football uh, and rugby where players haven't come off and potentially doing themselves a lot more harm by not doing it. And, and I think they need to introduce more clear rules on, on what, they're, what, what they're, the issues that they're potentially dealing with. They do have the HIA, the Head Injury Assessment, but... You know, I know myself, like, you know, when playing rugby and getting knocked out in the pitch and then getting up and taking a kick or something like that, because you you kind of, you, even though you know it was a bad knockout, you still kind of go, okay, I'm grand, I'll play on. And it's that, like, stupidity, stupidity, like, and kind of, like, idiocy that just, like, I will play on. It's not just down it's to It's the adrenaline, I think. Yeah, it is, it is. And you don't want to go off revenge. That's, well, I mean, that was later. In rugby. <laughs> in rugby, when, when the guy goes on the ground, you just give him a bit of a letter, you know. But, I mean, um, I mean, uh, Andy Farmer, Andy F. I mean, in terms of in football, I mean, we had like a, a, a great West Brom star, Jeff Astell, who died um, of, well, dementia, early onset dementia. And a lot of it, through his daughter has revealed and through his uh, study of his brain has revealed, was through heading of football. Mm. So, I mean, is this something coming down the line in football? We already have it in American football with the CTE mm. um, issue. I mean, is this going to hit football very, very hard? I think... I think they are taking it a lot more seriously. I don't know if you saw the BBC documentary with Alan Shearer. He tackled a similar issue with the amount of times he headed a ball during his career and then he was scanned to see if he'd suffered detrimentally as a result. But I think the onus has to be on the medical team at the clubs. I mean, the, the players are there to play football and it's every time they go out to play, they want to win and, and do as well as they can. So I think it's up to the doctors, just like it is in boxing, to say, I'm sorry, you know, you want to carry on, but you can't. And, and I think... Um, Doctors in football in any sport need to ha perhaps be as, as harsh. Um, now they understand, it seems, the problem a lot more. But, but uh, it, she's it, think it's usually after death that's the problem. Well, I think it's, it's changing now, and it, and it takes high-profile cases, and the fact we're seeing more stories like this or the fact we're talking about it now suggests that 
it is being taken more ser taken more seriously and maybe people just weren't aware of it before or just didn't want to really think about it because it has implications you know for the team if you lose your best player or whatever because he's been knocked out whereas you know back in the day he carried on playing i mean that's a sort of a hurdle that people do have to overcome but uh, i think slowly but surely it will but i think sometimes it's not only about organizers or like people around it's also about the sportsmen yeah. they just have the desire to keep going but and you can you can't stop say them. nothing yeah but in boxing they do don't they they do stop i mean you see many a time a, a boxer laid on the canvas or he gets up tries to carry on fighting and they just say yeah, no because you different. understand the risks is still yeah. in boxing and here when you team Team sports is a little bit different. If, have they not introduced new laws in the US to say under 14s, no contact now? No heading the ball. Uh, and and the for ball. American football, no, Even no still, contact. Yeah, no, and for soccer, no heading the ball. But they still... I mean, the one thing that I, I, I heard so many times, and even friends of mine who, when I was living in Canada, were playing Canadian football, like we're kind of the, Amer the Canadian version of the American football, and they say, put some helmet on them. So they basically, you put your, you use your helmet, your head as a weapon to smash somebody open. So that's, you know, it's still there. So even though they get older, they, I mean, a lot of the drop off in um, kids playing American football now has been quite severe. So maybe it was a wake up call. I mean, they've, you're now not allowed to head the ball in youth soccer in America until the age of twelve, which is fine. But the one thing just with boxing, I'm just bringing back onto that was that if you're knocked out in a fight, then you have a month off. If you get knocked out in rugby. You know, it depends on, oh, well, he'll be all right in a couple mm. of days. But you've got play, like guys um, who, I think, um, Chris Nowitzki, who is a, 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 well, American football, he played with, he went to Harvard, graduated Harvard, then went to the WWE, the wrestling, American wrestling. And he got badly, a bad injury, like where he got kind of half knocked out in the ring. For six months, he continued wrestling until he realized that he was suffering from con concussion the whole time and then retired early. So... You know, in, in boxing, there is that if you get knocked out, that's it, you're out. And if you get two knockouts within a certain period, it, it you know, and that's in amateur boxing and professional is kind of the same. I mean, you can't really just in, in terms of tennis, because you're right to mention, because we, when we had uh, Ksenia Pervak in here not too long ago, she was talking about she was kind of being forced to play. Remember, she was saying like that, she had to play, had to play, had to play. So, I mean, is it, is this in a big problem in tennis in terms of wear and tear on the body? Mm -hmm. Actually, yes, we have all these things when, like, you have to keep going. But, I mean, you don't have to, but everybody wants because no one wants to lose. Like, uh, this rally, nobody wants to be out of uh, tour for long. And when you have injury, anyway, the recovery period is all the time long. It's more than a month. So no one wants uh, to be out for such a long time time so that's why everybody tries to, to do it faster they don't care they don't listen sometimes to physios whatever so and we don't have uh, this rule as in boxing for example where you you should be forced you know on that stop. issue <laughs> well on that issue of boxing I mean boxers don't don't fight every weekend do they I mean no. exactly so they can afford to have that layoff whereas perhaps the pressures sure. of the schedules of other sport makes yeah this more is difficult. another problem of tennis yeah <laughs> no 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 you, you are right i mean and, and if, if you look at the, the punishment boxers take it is quite often but i mean in in rugby uh Andy mac um i mean you know you, you see it quite often when the players are kind of like uh like our own jonathan sexton the irish uh, out half he he get he's getting targeted by opposition he gets targeted by the opposition so they actually go after him and i mean i've you know i you probably don't the people actually come around the side of a scrum and smashing them but I mean it, it does happen never. 
Oh, never. <laughs> but it does happen where, I mean, I've had where, like, one of the, 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 the back row forwards breaks off and runs around just to flatten the scrum half or comes straight up on the, the out half to hit them. So, I mean, is it the nature of the game that this is going to happen? If we take it out, will the game fall apart? It's a fear factor. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it will always be a part of the game. When, when you're not as good as another player, you'll pick up on weaknesses that they have and sometimes if that's an injury or a phobia of a head injury then that's what they'll, they'll target and take uh, cricket as a great example bowlers when they're in batting will, will face much, much um, longer more consistent overs of short balls because they, they're, they're fearing that they're going to get hit but I mean is is that kind of fair I mean because is that something that's we saw it in, in ice hockey there on, on Sunday uh, or Saturday sorry where you know before in, in ice hockey you would have an enforcer on the team a goon so they would protect the players we saw a guy getting drilled into the boards you know getting smashed into the boards and there was one um, I, I forget it was it was um, also in the KHL this week where a guy just got buried into the boards now the guy could put out for 10 minutes for a late hit but before it wouldn't happen because someone on that team would sort them out so it would be kind of it would balance out so is it you know, with kind of trying to break, uh, you know, stop fights in rugby and so on, is that sort of making it more open for skilled players to get the crap beaten out of them? I think that would happen anyway. More, more skilled players are always going to be more susceptible to, to big injuries um, simply because they're quicker. Um, if you take that away from the sport, especially in rugby, um, I think you'll lose a lot of appeal in terms of the audience. Lots of people want to see the big hits. Um, and that, that's part and parcel of, of, of the sport. Because now it's, yeah, it's everywhere. In ice hockey, it's the same. You yeah. know, people love to watch these fights. More like a punch up. Collisions. Yeah, exactly. Collisions. Exactly. It's, it's not contact anymore, it's collisions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's reels and reels of YouTube videos with these only, only, only as part of the video, big hits. And but did you see that? If, uh, I think last year there was a little small bunty kid from US was it the US and he yeah. was like he was a Pacific Islander and just smashing other kids and other kids smashing onto the ground their head the back of their head bounced off the ground and people were resharing and re I'm thinking no hold on this isn't right this is like a little kid causing damage to another kid so I mean, I mean you can't really, in terms of with tennis did you ever deliberately serve into the body of somebody you play because you would have pretty hard serve no but serve is a little bit different when no you, it's not it's the same as in a body uh, line no, in cricket no, like no, you know a short ball it, you know? it's completely different because we still we have bounces you know so it doesn't work like this but when you play doubles and sometimes you can play body yes uh, like a lot of players uh, for me it was always tough probably that's why I was not a, a, a good enough double player <laughs> because I never could finish to the body but when I uh, become more experienced and like I uh, become older then I also started to use this thing you know when you like go and cut uh, with a the volley then yes body is the perfect <laughs> way to finish like the way point to keep it in the court right true yeah, yeah exactly body, because when you try to avoid it then it sometimes doesn't work and you know how many times we like I remember one um, we still have some time to remember <laughs> this thing. Uh, we played doubles with one my double partner, Yugish Mirvana. And we played against the Russians, Voskoboy and Dushevina. And um, Mirvana, she went after my good serve, because I had, like, as you mentioned, like good first serve. She went to cut. And she tried to avoid the player. So, and Voskoboy was like good enough, you know, and finally we lost the point. And then. Before, like, before the next serve, I was like, okay, I tried to cheer up her, and she was like, 
well, next we'll go to the body. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> Galina has to be like, <laughs> Galina has to be more like uh, to pay attention. <laughs> I was, I was Did she like, get her? Oh, Yes, she got. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, listen, we're, 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 we have to wrap up for this evening. Uh, but final question around the, the, the table. So, Andrew Farmer, uh, World Cup this year, will England be taking home the, not the Jules Rimmey, but will be taking home the uh, that big Golden Globe? I can't imagine it. I imagine the media hype will say we will do, so we get knocked out at whatever point that is um, it always, always the same with England really good players individually and then when we watch them play as a team something's lacking something's missing so I think when, when teams play and they win the World Cup generally everybody knows they play very well as a team but England just seem to lack it for so long maybe they'll click this time round but I just can't you know see. okay Andy Mack so uh, okay Scotland aren't here so no surprise but <laughs> got used to it in my yeah, lifetime exactly I just keep Delamitri don't come home to Zine but uh, you know I mean they're, they're not here but I mean are you looking forward to it are you looking forward to this or would you, what would you prefer would you prefer England to win the World Cup or Lokomotiv to win the league oh is, is, is that even a question <laughs> <Tricky. laughs> I know who, who, who are you tipping for the, you're a good tipster so who would you tip for the World Cup my fancy this year is Brazil Brazil winning on a different continent yeah why not why not? Okay. Why do you think your guess about England is better? No, I well, I, I just back England to go all the way, but anyway. Potentially very hot conditions. It will suit South American teams, I think. So you think it's Brazil? That's my tip this year. I think Brazil have finally got a squad together of uh, not just individuals, and they looked formidable in qualifying. Okay. Ekaterina, so the Australian Open is just coming up. So who should we be looking for in the men's to do well for Russia, and who for... Women for the, from the Russian contingent. Woohoo! So for Russia, I think we have to pay attention to Andrei Rublev, who already did like good results. He started season with the final in Doha, so let's just do Gael Monfils. And of course, uh, female Maria Sharapova. She always like we always expect something very special from her. And what else? Okay, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal are still. Okay. Like, Andy, 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 Andy Mack was the jump in on that one. That's my tip. Sharapova. Sharapova to win the Aussie Open. Good, good price. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So easy, you know. <laughs> okay. So thanks for the table. So Andrew Farmer, thank you very much thank again. You. Andrew McLean, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, Katarina, thank you as thank always. You, okay. So happy new year to all our listeners and join us again in Capital Sports. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. <laughs>